What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Wednesday, March 31st. Man, I hope all you guys are doing good wherever you may be at, man. It's getting real hot where I'm at out here in LA, but I hope wherever you guys are at, man, you guys are staying safe. Of course, we're still dealing with this pandemic, man, so please wash your hands as much as possible to keep the virus from getting on your hands and especially your face. Please wear a mask anytime you are outside surrounded by a large group crowd or gathering. And of course, the most important part, if you have any type of sunlight or sunshine wherever you are located at, please go outside and get some ultraviolet rays on your skin, aka sunlight, because the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not excluded from that list, man. But I hope all you guys have been having a nice, progressive, successful week. Hopefully, all you guys are just making it through the days, man. Enjoying yourself, appreciating yourself, loving yourself, loving the people around you, inspiring your people, man. And just keep pushing. I promise you, whatever you want in this life is within your reach, is within your grasp. You just have to keep pushing, man. But of course, we are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for George Floyd. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. And we're going to continue to demand justice for anybody that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings. It simply must and needs to stop. Point blank, period, man. I want to say rest in peace to the great Nipsey Hussle, man. I cannot believe it's already been two years since we lost one of the most iconic figures in the world, man. What he meant to not only the people of South Central LA, but the world that he inspired so much inspiration to his people. He was a light to, to a lot of dark places, man. And I just thank Nip for everything, man. He was so inspirational, man. He, he encouraged and enlightened a whole generation, man. His music is forever going to live on. We praying and sending love to his family and his loved ones. And yeah, man, just rest in peace to the great Nipsey Hussle, man. And I cannot, I truly cannot believe it's been two years already because I remember the day, sadly, like it was yesterday, man. But let's get right into today's topic at hand, man. So yesterday, we were on day two of the Elite Eight games in the NCAA tournament. We had Gonzaga beat up on USC, and then we had UCLA beat Michigan. But I want to talk about the Gonzaga-USC game real quickly before we get to that UCLA-Michigan game. So in this game, before we actually get into the game, previewing the game a little bit I did on some other podcasts and some friends I was doing it with I talked about how USC could have potentially made this a very difficult game for the Zags because of obviously their length of Isaiah Mobley and Evan Mobley and they were they were playing you know very good basketball all the way up until yesterday against this Gonzaga team and so I thought USC probably matched up better than any opponent that Gonzaga has faced this season just because of again the Mobley brothers their length and whatnot and as soon as the game started I could tell that Gonzaga was going to run USC out the gym. USC did not look comfortable at all. They had way too many turnovers. Turnovers. I think they had like five to six turnovers within like the first six minutes of the game. And Gonzaga capitalized on every single turnover. And the last thing that you can do against this Gonzaga team is give them any more confidence than they already have. This team, man is so special. They were just getting steal after steal after steal. Like Ayayi got a ribs. I think Corey Kisper had a steal. And they were just torturing USC on the offensive end, like their defense is so good that it allows them to get out in transition and make easy plays. Like Jalen Suggs had a big time left hand finish in transition. Andy Enfield caught a timeout and then he got into like a shouting matchup uh, with uh, Isaiah Mobley. And right there, I knew the game was going to get ugly. I just knew. It. I seen it coming. Um, Drew Timmy, who I thought was probably going to have a, a bad game because of the, the force that is Evan Mobley, he was feasting. Drew Timmy, man, we got to give him his credit. I don't know. I don't care if you don't like him. I don't care if you don't respect his mustache. However you feel about Drew Timmy, man, 
He is one of the most skilled college big men I've ever seen in my life of watching college basketball. I'm a diehard college basketball fan. As much as I love Michigan State, I love college hoops. And Drew Timmy is one of the most polished bigs that I've ever seen in my lifetime. The footwork, the up fakes, the shoulder fakes, the pump fakes. He's not athletic. He doesn't have that much speed. He doesn't have the best jumper, but he's just so skilled, poised. He's crafty. He's patient. All the different things that he does Every big man out there, every big player that plays basketball, watch Drew Timmy film because anybody can do what he's doing, even though he's very skilled at it, but he's just mastered his craft. You can tell he's putting the time, the effort, the hard work, and I got to give him his love, man, because what he's doing is crazy because he was just making Evan Mobley look like he wasn't even there. Like I hate to say it, Evan Mobley's going to be a top three pick in the upcoming 2021 NBA draft, and Drew Timmy was just working out. Like It looked like it was just a walk in the park to him. And really, man, the Zags just stomped on him from start to finish. Um, I'm praying for the ref also that collapsed. Um, That was scary. That was super, super scary. I believe his name was Burt something. Forgive me for not writing down his name, but that was just scary. I'm praying that he's good. I, I did see a report that he was in contact with his family. He didn't have to go to the hospital, so I'm glad that he's doing better now, but that was scary. But this game, all in all, man, was just... It was ugly. USC really stood no chance from the first minute of the game. They just looked like they didn't want to be in this game. And they just gave Gonzaga all the confidence that they needed, man. And shout out to Gonzaga. They're back in the Final Four. This is their first time back in the Final Four since 2017 when they lost the National Championship game to UNC that year. But, man, they, they're playing great. This team is great. What they're doing right now is great. 30-plus wins on the season, zero losses. They just have not let their foot up off the gas. And I'm tired of people trying to discredit them and saying they haven't played anybody. Yeah, I mean, they they played teams. Don't get it twisted. They played um, Kansas, who was okay, of course, but they played West Virginia. They played Iowa. And, yeah, you can make a case that those teams aren't really good, but they were those teams were ranked throughout the you know the course of the season and they were supposed to play Baylor and of course that game got postponed due to coronavirus issues out of Baylor but that could end up being our national championship matchup and I think that would be the perfect way to end the season with the two best teams of this season playing together against each other so I would love to see that but what they're doing man between Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, Joel Ayayi, Andrew Nemhard. Gonzaga has all the pieces. Mark Few has a well-constructed team that's dangerous. They cut well. They pass well. They play hard. They don't have any liabilities on defense. They communicate. This team is special. Like, this is one of the greatest college basketball teams of all time. And they're doing it at a high level. They're not playing down to level competition. And they're winning games, man. It just looks easy to them. I've never seen a team where it just looked this easy to them. Like, even 2018 Villanova, who I think is a better team, they got into some matchups. They got into some games where it looked like they were going to lose. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it looked like they were going to lose. That team that had Jalen Brunson, Michael Bridges, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, Omari Spellman, led by Jay Wright, of course. That team was really good. And I think that's a great team as well. And I honestly would probably take them over Gonzaga. But this Gonzaga team, man, it's fun to watch. The way that they play, they clearly love playing with each other. And, man, they got two games left possibly. You know, they're going to the Final Four, and they're going to take on UCLA and of course UCLA last night well actually before I get to UCLA credit to USC because USC did make a really good run getting to the Elite Eight it was special for them they won some couple big time games you know I don't think anybody really expected them to get this far you know of course you know everybody's talking about Evan Mobley but Isaiah Mobley definitely raises draft stock you know Taj Edie had a really good run Isaiah White shout out to him he's from my hometown of Rancho Cucamonga he had a good run so Credit to USC, really good season, getting to the Elite Eight. Good season for Andy Enfield, who's done a pretty good job at SC since he's been there during his tenure. But that's a good season.
season for them. But UCLA, Michigan, UCLA, man, their road has been crazy. From being the 11th seed, playing against my Michigan State Spartans in the playing game, to then beating BYU, to then beating Abilene Christian, to then beating Alabama in overtime in one of the best games of this tournament. And now they got a huge win last night against Jawan Howard and the one-seeded Michigan Wolverines. So the final score of this game was 51-49. to And really, man, the keys of this game, I, I said it to my guy Jake on this app called Locker Room, which is a sports you know, app. Go check it out if you haven't been on it. I was saying if UCLA wins this game, it's going to come down to two things. Johnny Juzang having a big-time game, which is exactly what happened, and Tiger Campbell outplaying Mike Smith, who's the point guard of Michigan, and that's exactly what happened. Johnny Juzang had 28 points shooting 11 of 19 from the field. No one in this tournament has raised their possible draft stock in the NBA, unlike Johnny Juzang. Johnny Juzang is having a legendary NCAA tournament run. I think I seen a stat today that said he's the he's the second he has the second most points in UCLA history in the first five games of a tournament run after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. When your name is next to Lou Alcindor and you're in a UCLA jersey, that means you're doing something right. And Johnny Juzang, man, after last year transfer from Kentucky, a lot of their fans bashed him for the move. Now he's a star at UCLA, his hometown school. How dope is that? Again, last night he had 28 points. Tiger Campbell also only had 11 points, shooting 5 of 10 from the field, which is 50%. But he controlled every aspect of the game. Defensively, getting his teammates in the right spots, hitting some timely shots down the stretch when UCLA was going on, about to go on scoring droughts. He was key. And the thing that I loved about this UCLA team, and this is a lot of credit to Mick Cronin and his coaching staff, their defense was so good in the point of attack, in the help side, taking charges. Their defense is well-disciplined, man. They got some foul trouble between Cody Riley and Kenneth Nuba, but they were able to outlast Michigan and force Michigan into a lot of really tough shots, and they just played slightly better, especially down the stretch. Like They did a really good job of guarding Hunter Dickinson and Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner was forced into a lot of tough, a lot of difficult and tough shots because of UCLA's pack line defense. A lot of people aren't a fan of the pack line defense, and that includes myself. But the way that UCLA played it last night, it worked almost perfectly against this Michigan team, man. And Michigan played pretty solid for the most part. I would have loved to see Shawnee Brown get a little get a little bit more shots. I would have loved to have seen you know Hunter Dickinson get involved a little bit earlier in the first half. But what UCLA did, man, was outstanding. Like a lot of the Johnny Juzang's buckets. He didn't even dribble that much. Like, he was coming off screens and just rising up and firing and hitting the rim. or Not even hitting the rim and just going straight to the net. Like, he was taking pro, you know, NBA shooting guard type shots and making it look effortless. Running off screens. You know, the couple times that he did dribble, he would put it on the ground and make a shot, a shot every single time. Like, Johnny Juzang is a very special player, man. And what he was doing, it just looked easy. It looked like it was a walk in the park. He twisted his ankle, I think like early in the second half. He comes back in, he misses a couple of shots, and then he gets right back into the thick of things, and he's hot again. And so the last minute of the game was where it got really crazy. So Johnny Juzang caught the ball on the right wing. He took a couple dribbles for, to the baseline. He pulled up for a floater, hit it over Eli Brooks and Hunter Dickinson. That put UCLA up three. And then they come back down, Michigan that is. Michigan gets fouled. Franz Wagner goes to the free throw line. He hits two, making UCLA still up one. And then UCLA calls a timeout. Mick Cronin comes out, draws up a play that pretty much should be the kill shot. I think it was probably like 50 seconds left in the game. Again, UCLA was up one. Tiger Campbell throws a pass to uh, Jaime Jaquez in the left corner. 
Hawkins misses it. Michigan gets the rebound. They call a timeout. After that, they come out the game. Michigan has a ball, and Franz Wagner gets a really nice play for him, ran on the left wing. He gets a, I think it was a handoff. He gets it. UCLA goes under the screen. I think it was Jalen Clark that went under the screen. I'm pretty sure he was told to do that. Franz Wagner pulls up for three and misses it and airballs it. And then Eli Brooks gets the offensive rebound, but he doesn't secure the ball. He tries to get like a putback tipping. I don't know why he did that because his momentum was taking him away from the rim. And what he should have done was just grab the ball and give his team more, you know, another possession with like eight seconds left in the game. But he tried to force up a bad shot. Again, he wasn't, his momentum was taking him away from the rim. So it would have never even been a good shot. He misses it. Johnny Juzang gets the rebound. And then he goes one of two from the free throw line. So UCLA at this point is up two. Coming out, Michigan with the ball. Mike Smith is going full speed down the court. Tiger Campbell does a really good job defensively of getting in between Mike Smith in the basket. He cuts off the driving lane. Mike Smith pulls up for three. And I'm not going to lie, the three looked good. Like when Mike Smith let that ball go out of his hands, it looked like that was going to be a nothing but net shot and win the game for Michigan. But he missed it. UCLA tips the ball out of bounds. Michigan gets the ball under their basket, inbounding it. And this is where I got kind of questionable with Jawan Howard because as great as a season as Jawan Howard has been having with this Michigan Wolverines team, you had, I think they had like 0.8 seconds left or 0.5 seconds left, and he had Hunter Dickinson inbounding the ball. And the shot that they ended up getting was a Franz Wagner three running from the right wing to the left wing. He caught it. And if he would have put a little bit more power under it, it probably would have been a bank shot and Michigan would have won the game. But my thing was like, you have 0.5 seconds left. You were only down, I think, two at the time. You could have, you had a whole bunch of different shots. I know you, you could always go back and wish how you, they could have done it better, but I probably would have tried, my first thing would have tried to be getting Hunter Dickinson a live play. Hunter Dickinson's the tallest player out there. I think he's like 7'2", 7'3". You got to take that risk. If, it, if he misses it, he misses it. But he was having a really good game in the stretch of the second half. So I don't know why Juwan didn't go to him, but really good season from Michigan, man. Juwan Howard is only in his second year. He was, you know, a few minutes away from going to a Final Four in year two, but he's going to be really great for Michigan. I'm excited for what that program has coming up. Even being a Michigan State fan, Juwan is a very special coach, man. But for UCLA, this is a huge win because, and this is obviously, you know, going to the Final Four is a hard thing. It's a reason that schools raise banners for going to the Final Four. What Mick Cronin has done with this team, because I continue to say this, I watched UCLA lose to Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament in overtime. And I think UCLA was up like eight with two minutes left in that game. They choked the lead and Oregon State beat them in overtime. And I watched them lose that game. And, and UCLA has not been good in clutch situations. The only time they've been good in crunch time this season, aside from last night and against the, and of course in the game versus Alabama and Michigan State, in the regular season at least, was when they beat, or excuse me, was when they, yeah, they've been bad all season for the most part. Like, they got a buzzer beater hit on them by USC. They've been bad. So they've really been better when it comes to late game execution in the NCAA tournament. And that's why they continue to advance. And they're heading back to their first Final Four since 2008. I believe was where they had Russell Westbrook and Darren Collison, if I'm not mistaken, and Kevin Love. So congrats to UCLA, man. I know so many UCLA alums. Actually good to see. I think this is big, man. Like Mick Cronin, he got a lot of smack from a lot of people when he first got hired, including myself. I mean, I, I didn't talk smack, but I just wasn't a big fan of the hire. But for him to get UCLA to the Final Four in only a few seasons and make UCLA basketball relevant again, that's big because a lot of these players, shoot, 
majority of these players weren't his recruits. A lot of these players outside of like John Juzang were not recruited by Mick Cronin to go to UCLA. Most of these guys were recruited by Steve Alford. And of course, Steve Alford is no longer there because he was fired and he's not working at the University of Nevada, Reno. So congrats to UCLA, man. It's dope to see, man, from, you know, Mick Cronin going from Cincinnati to UCLA. Johnny Juzang transferred a year ago. You know, Dacian Nix was committed to play here, but then he decommitted. Now he's in the G League. It was so many different things that took place for UCLA this year. Of course, you know, we're all going through a pandemic, but for them to continue to fight, to claw, to go from the first four to the final four, which is the same thing that VCU did back when they had Shaka Smart, it's special. Like, you have to give Mick Cronin his credit. He's an excellent head coach. He's a phenomenal head coach. What this team has done from buying into the system on the defensive end and just letting them go and be free on the offensive end is special. And now, they do have a very tough task in Gonzaga in their next game. Not saying they're going to win it, but they could make this game interesting. Like they are, they have done a great job of controlling the pace of games. A lot of that is credit to Tiger Campbell. He does a really good job of slowing things down and getting UCLA into the right offensive sets, man. But this is a special run. Like I don't care if their season ends, you know, this weekend in the Final Four. They've had a very special run, man. This is a great and an all-time run for UCLA from being an 11 seed to playing in the first four against my Michigan State Spartans and going all the way to the Final Four. That's that's incredible, bro. That that's really incredible, man. So again, shout out to everybody at UCLA. Shout out to all the Bruins fans. This is phenomenal. This is big time, man. This is a big, big thing for this program. And of course, they got my guy, Peyton Watson. If you don't know about Peyton Watson, he currently goes to Long Beach Poly. He's like 6'8. He's got the game of Kevin Durant. He's gonna be a dog. I'm not saying he is KD, but he has a you know kind of similar Kevin Durant style game. He's gonna be a big time player for the Bruins next year, man. But this team is special. Bruins fans out there cherish this team. This is special, man. It's really, really special, man. But real quickly, before I get you guys out of here, because the Final Four is this weekend on the women's side and the men's side. The women's tournament, man, if you have not been watching the women's tournament, I feel bad for you because it's been a lot of great basketball being played. I watched last night, um, South Carolina beat Texas. Charlie Collier's career is now over at UT, but South Carolina is advancing to the Final Four. I watched Arizona take on who was that? i believe they played uh louisville from no no arizona played somebody i don't know why i'm forgetting that right now but arizona made their first final four ever so shout out to coach barnes she's definitely the coach of the year they are headed to the final four they beat indiana if i'm not mistaken they beat indiana so they're heading to the final four i watched stanford last night beat louisville which is a really good game it sucks to see uh dana evans career end the way that it has she had a legendary career i cannot wait to watch her in the WNBA, but it is what it is you know somebody always has to lose at the end of the year it's only one team that can stand up and hold the trophy but you know shout out to louisville Haley van lift is going to be a problem but you know the Pac-12 is represented on the women's side, man. They got two teams in the Final Four. You got Stanford and you got Arizona. And again, shout out to Coach Barnes and Ari McDonald for leading Arizona on the women's side to their first Final Four in school history. That's that's a very dope achievement. So in the women's Final Four, you're going to have Stanford versus UConn, which is a big-time game. And also, congrats to Paige Beckers. I almost forgot to mention it. Paige Beckers, it was announced today, is the first freshman ever in the history of women's college basketball 
to win the AP Women's Basketball Player of the Year. As a freshman, it has never happened before in all the years that women's college basketball has existed. Congrats to Paige Beckers, man. She's a legend. She made some big-time shots in that game against Baylor a couple days ago, which was a very great game. Go watch that back if you haven't, but Paige is special, man. I cannot wait to watch for the rest of her career to unfold. It's only getting started, but she's had an all-time freshman season, man. So yeah, they're going to take on Stanford, which is a really good team, of course, led by head coach Tara Vanderveer. And then the other game, who are my favorites to actually win it all, is Don Staley and the South Carolina Gamecocks, again, are going to take on Arizona. So I'm looking forward to both those matchups. But on the men's side, when it comes to the Final Four, you're going to have, again, Gonzaga versus UCLA. And I'm going to preview these games tomorrow. But you're going to have Gonzaga versus UCLA. And then you're going to have Baylor first Houston man but as always I appreciate you guys if you made this far man shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports man we are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram please go follow us go like our stuff go retweet our stuff for all your sports news and needs I promise you Nuts and Bolts Sports has it all for you guys I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist please go check us out on all of our different social media platforms man I'm I'm doing my thing alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash bloggers slash journalists. I am also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of different content creators and podcast hosts. So for all your sports podcasts, please go check out Nuts and Bolts Sports, man. But of course, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Please leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the podcast. And as always, I will talk to you guys soon. As always, peace and love gone.